Journey to Sachi Dananda is the fourth solo album by Alice Coltrane. That's the title track. Uh, Alice Coltrane is the artist. Uh, it was released in 1971, 
And I have to tell you, it is one of my favorite songs that puts me in a mood every time I hear it. Hopefully I was able to to put you in a mood before I tell you the story about the time that I was uh, physically abused in a relationship. Um, And I tell a story often and people think I'm lying when I tell it. But um, just because I'm a poet, uh, because I see things in great detail and I kind of articulate them. But um, anyone who's ever been abused or physically abused mentally, spiritually uh, understands that, you know, that's that's how it happens. You know, it's a shock. It's a it's a traumatic experience and you relive it and see it over and over again. So, like I was saying, um, there was a, 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 a date and time in my life where I was uh, physically abused uh, in a relationship and we can call it domestic violence because that's what it was. Uh, and I can tell you, honestly, the only thing that kept me from responding, uh, other than the fact that I had seen my, my dad beat on my mom and I didn't understand it and I didn't like it. Um, and I remember running and jumping on my dad's back and, uh, hitting him in the back of his head and, you know, my mom screaming, uh, you know, the weed aroma, in the air, ashtrays falling off the table because he had pushed her. Um, and, you know, my little brother screaming and crying in the next room. Uh, it was just a surreal scene. And, you know, I, even back then, I, I didn't know what was going on or what was happening. They could have been playing, but I was for real. Like, I was hitting him for real, you know, uh, because even though they were my parents, uh, my connection to her was so much stronger than my connection to him. Uh, call it what you want. So either way, um, and that was a long, long time ago, but uh, it's one of those things that I have a bandage on. And uh, at some point I revisited that, uh, that traumatic experience in my life uh, as a young adult, as, as Tupac said, you know, while I was still able to be buck wild um, and ready to swing and throw a middle finger at the government and, you know, tell the law, fuck you. I was, um, at that time, kind of coming into my own. Uh, and it wasn't my wife that I'm married to right now. So don't try to take that out of context, please. And call my wife and tell her she beat me up. Uh, my sister knows this story, by the way. So if I was married to the woman that, that beat me up and was domestic, domestic violence, uh, committing domestic violence against me and my sister was okay with it, well, then we'd have to have a problem with my sister. Uh, and my friends uh, and, and the rest of my family, but that's not the way it works. So um, either way, this story starts so many moons ago, so many summers ago, so many winters ago. Um, and I was out of college. And at the time I had uh, been making money right uh, before that. I was selling weed like it was crazy making money and spending it on strippers. That's another story for another day. Uh, I mean, we was. And you be just having a ball. But in this case, excuse me, uh, it was so long ago. Uh, some of the parts of the stories are kind of, of the stories kind of vague. But but from what I can remember, you know, the parts that hurt the most was that I actually cared about this young lady um, and and she cared about me. So we we carried on a romance that um, it, it's funny because one of my favorite rappers of all time is Nas. Uh, and at the time he was dealing with someone named Khalees and she was kind of a wild, crazy kind of, at the time she looked like that right now, every day, every damn woman you could think of and man kind of looks like a version of what Khalees looked like back then, right? With the nose ring, the different color hair, um, chakras, uh, you know, Erica Badu type. She didn't wear the, the rag on her head and, you know, all the other stuff, but she definitely went into the, you know, the realm of spirituality, um, the duality of her personality, uh, and so many different things. That's my psychology kicking in. So, um, I, I, I love this young lady, right. And I met her at a time where I was, I was, uh, really strong. You know, I had a business that spawned into, two other businesses, right? Uh, the, the main business was solo music management, uh, which I had a couple partners with, uh, and we'll keep names out of it just for namesake, but I had two other female partners, right? Um, because in order to expand, we had to think expansion, right? And who could do what, 
Uh, so one part of the business was what I started, uh, which led me to the career I'm in right now, working, you know, for children and families, uh, was about arts, right? And, and entertainment in the schools, right? Things were being left out and, and myself, you know, being a poet, knowing I'm a poet inside, thank you to public enemy. Um, cause of course I had the, the fight to power public enemy posters and LL Cool J rock the bells and all that stuff. I had all that in me. I was wearing the cross colored clothes. Yeah. You remember, um, I had the, the African medallion. I was doing the, uh, freedom or death. You know, I was, I was van glorious, you know, that's, that's how I was back then. Um, and then I kind of morphed into this person who, uh, you know, took knowledge of self and decided to become something. So, um, when I realized that all of the arts were being pulled out of schools, uh, I didn't care if it was at that time, if it was, you know, a legislation or if, you know, politicians and stuff was, was the reason I just knew that I needed to express myself. And there had to be a lot of kids out there like me that needed to express themselves. So I created uh, soul and music management. So my soul was a part of um, being able to express art, right? Um, poetry, um, the physical arts, the digital art, so forth and so on. So I, what I, my goal was to go to every community center with soul and music management was to go to every uh, community center school or whatever and say, hey, arts is being pulled out. I have a collection of artists um, in any category of art that I've met over a period of time. Uh, and, and we're going to get together and we're going to bring arts and teach these arts to your school or your community center because they're lacking. Right. So I was I was uh, considered myself. I was considered to be revolutionary at the time because um, I was going against the machine and what the man you know, has said. So I started that company, which morphed into uh, model management, um, music and entertainment management, um, which went to concerts, uh, which went to street teams, which was. Um, we dealt with uh, different record labels, different record companies, because they're different. Uh, we dealt with uh, uh, community leaders, uh, local magistrates, because that's how you got to get permits and stuff to make things happen. We performed all over the place. So anyways, I was building three companies at one time, uh, one nonprofit. And from that nonprofit, you know, models and all the other stuff took off. So of course, I dabbled in photography because, you know, at the time I didn't know any photographer. So I was taking pictures of the models. Right. And I was also editing so that those you know photos would be edited properly. And when I did run into photographers, I kind of passed that off. Right. Uh, same thing when it came into modeling. Right. Meeting models or even people who were aspiring to be models. Um, I just did research to figure out what it was to be a manager of a model. Um, and putting together portfolios and taking the pictures and making sure those were edited properly and sending them off to the right place was given to someone, you know, putting on modeling shows, working with designers, um, doing backstage events and stuff like that. And then the music management, um, where I was discovering new artists. Um, and, and a lot of my artists that I discovered obviously was local, but, you know, we performed at UB, we performed at bus state opening for, Lots of artists, you know, I met Snoop, I met uh, Nas, who was, you know, my crown jewel. Um, L.O.N.S. at the same time, at that time was uh, Leaders of the New School, where Buster Rhymes was before he was Buster Rhymes. We met Buster Rhymes. Um, we also met Tribe Called Quest. Uh, and the list goes on and on, right? There's there's probably about 10 or 15 people. I met Biggie uh, when he came to a basketball game at ECC because we were promoting and in order to get an event or something like that, you had to go to the councilman, they had to have a council conversation um, and they had to approve it. And because I, at the time only had, I had college students working for me too. Um, I had the promotion teams, they came to me, right? And these were the same guys that when we were in college together, right? These local magistrates that are now, you know, politicians or whatever, that were sitting on these county boards, these, these um, boards of cities and stuff like that. Uh, they needed people to promote these events. Uh, it fell to me because I was the only one and they just happened to know me. Right. So uh, as long as they would pay the price for the flyers, we put them up. We plastered all over the city that these events and these concerts are happening. 
uh, I remember when Fat Joe came and uh, he was looking for weed and I had just got out of the weed game uh, because, you know, running three companies at once was just way too much. Um, and and we hooked him up with the right people. Right. He stayed at a uh, where TGIF has a, a restaurant downtown. He stayed in that hotel that's right there near TGIF. Um, and I'm only saying TGIF. I'm not getting paid by him, but I'm only saying it to give you reference of where he was on Chippewa um, and where that hotel was. And it's still there. Right. And that was like the only real big hotel in Buffalo at the time. Um, and, and I had to get him transportation from that TGIF to the only time or that hotel to the only uh, 24 hour McDonald's that existed uh, in the city of Buffalo at the time, which was all the way on uh, Kensington off of Egger, past Egger near Harlem. So that one was 24 hours back then. It's still 24 hours, but, you know, that was to get them food and then drop them in the hood so they could get the weed, you know, find the weed, man, and then come back. So uh, I know I said I wasn't going to drop names, but that, w- that was one story that I was just like, we got a problem solved. We got to make this happen, and we got to do this for this dude. Um, and, it, you know, he ain't going to remember me, right? That happened so long ago. We had so many, so many stories to tell, but some stories don't need to be told. That one was just told because um, we we was doing stuff, right? And I'm I'm trying to emphasize that we was we were doing a lot. Um, and at the time it was exciting, right? And and it was fun. And then uh, we had a concert one time. We were uh, we were going to go to Ohio. And uh, we had worked with this record label. I had uh, two MCs, a DJ, uh, and I was trying to get a MC slash singer that was kind of like a, I hate to call her like a Lauren Hill style, but it was similar, but it wasn't. Like she had her own style, but it wasn't uh, over to this record label uh, because the record label was, you know, beatbox. It was old school. It was backpack underground. It was exactly what I thought the style she had worked. Right. So we were trying to get her over there. So we spending time over there, of course, getting the people, you know, they smoking, trying to get my people weed over there. So, you know, we want to supply them with everything they need. So, you know, my man's in them is now they man's in them. And, you know, everybody's doing what they do. So we having a good time. We got DJs, literally DJs sitting on turntables, spinning right on vinyl, wet vinyl, like walls and walls, crates and crates and crates of vinyl. Like the type of setting that you absolutely just love. Right. I, I walk into this building owned by a local person. Right. Who has a record company. Right. That's dealing with the record label that already has two artists that I'm looking at and that wants to sign a third and we're kind of just chilling right and having a great time and week after week after week we're sitting in the studio just recording bits right let's see what you sound like over this you got a producer bring your producer and so forth and so on so you know the the atmosphere was real chill it was real nice we all had great times right but this is one of them times where you you learn and this is what I learned and what eventually got me out of the music business was that, um, you know, when you shake somebody's hand, everybody that's receiving that handshake don't have the same intentions that you have, right? Not saying that this record label was like that because they, they was cool, right? But I after that, I dealt with some record labels that did that. So either way, uh, we're on the music side of this, right? And, you know, we're working with these artists and we got everything going. We're doing, uh, you know, concerts at UB, concerts at Buff State. Uh, things is popping and you know i run into this this girl and we all smoking and just chilling at the you know and I, at the time I, I didn't really pay attention that she was a friend of you know one of the artists that i was working with at the time I, I really didn't pay attention to that but um you know i just saw her and i was just enamored like you know that's that's it right there like i know how people say they see somebody and they go that's it so that's what i did right she had two names. She went by two names, right? To this day, I don't talk to people that go by two names, by the way. Um, no, I, I go by your government name, you know, so, um, which is funny because I have two personalities and two names. My sister gave me one and, you know, my parents gave me the other. But I, at this time, this this person kind of ruined that for me. So um, I saw her, we talked and we never stopped talking, right? Like 
I would get my car and go to her house, hang out with her, her mom. You know, they had a nice house, uh, backyard. You know, first couple times I ever sat around like fire pits and uh, and again, this was a while ago, so it wasn't like people was just barn burning stuff. They, they it was a fire pit, right? Like I was like, oh great, you know, I, I grew up poor, you know, I went through the foster care system. Um, I'm still kind of just coming into my own, you know, as an adult still learning about my childhood being an adult and you know you showing me things I never said you know seen so you know and it was real rustic um and when I say rustic I mean like you know it's a house that that was just outside of the city but look real country like real rustic right like like her parents were like hippies and I could see that right like she was a mix she wasn't you know clearly one side she couldn't be identified by the other side she was a mix um, she was light and her skin was light and, you know, she had a nice Afro some days and the other days it was nice and braised and the other days she could like lay it down flat and it was, you know, what it was. But most of all, she had a whole bunch of personality. And at the time, I you know, I, I didn't know she was batshit crazy, but I had the idea that even if she was, I liked that because she would do things and say stuff to other people that I was like, Okay, because, you know, at the time I was like, yeah, I got to kind of PC myself. I can't really say what I want to say to people. But, you know, you she running up to people smoking a joint, you know, telling you, fuck you to your face. You know, she's drinking and we like whatever. She's smoking a joint like, fuck you. You know, you're at my house. You could get out. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'm watching this stuff happen. And I'm like, great. I like the power. You know, I've always been in love with a woman that has a sharp tongue. That's, you know, we call them, we call them spitfires. I've always been in love with women like that, that, that is not going to, you know, take no shit from nobody that's going to give it to you, you know? And, and my problem is, is that every once in a while I give it back to you. I'm not going to keep taking it because, you know, when they run out of people to give it to, they eventually turn to you and give you that spitfire and you, you gotta be man enough to give it back. So, you know, I'll put my tail between my legs for the name of love for a while, but after a while I could give you back the shit you given me. So anyways, so the love affair was real. Right. And I found it, you know, ironic that my favorite MC was married or dating a woman who was kind of like the woman I'm dating at the time. Right. And and I could have swore, you know, when I see Khalees, I see her like I see different things. Right. She she would try to be Khalees. That's how I felt. Right. Either way, I didn't know she was dealing with or she was talking or friends with, you know, one of the MCs that I was managing at the time. I didn't know that. So we are uh, working with this record company, you know, don't have a deal, don't have nothing. We just backpacking it and we on the circuit. Right. And they're like, yo, we could cut some CDs. Everybody could get in a studio. We could cut some CDs and then we can go over to Ohio and we could do the showcase in Ohio and sell the CDs, you know, sell some merch. And I was like, all right, you know, my artists are kind of new. They dope, dope as shit. But they knew, you know, my artists like, you know, were like most deaf, you know, common black star. You know what I'm saying? They was along that line. It wasn't at the time. Lil Kim, you know, Big Papa and Puffy and uh, they wasn't like that. They was you know, hardcore MCs and DJs, like breakdancing. I, I seen it, right? And I, I hate for people to experience hip hop the way it is right now because I was able to see the tail end of it. You know, I grew up playing my, my, my boombox on the radio, you know, listening, sitting on the porch and put my tape in, my little clear tape in and recording the song that was on the radio. And whenever a commercial came on, I would hit stop on this big ass button on my boombox, right? And then I would go back and try to cut that shit, like right then and there and wait for the next song to come. And then I would hit record again, right? So I was all down in that culture. I I was deeply immersed in it. So I had seen it and now I'm living it. So, you know, we all over Buffalo doing all these these, these, uh, shows and stuff. And here we go going down to Ohio to sell some merchandise and do some shows with some other backpack and MCs. You know, people in the the mute or, or the comedy circuit, you know, back in the day would call it the Chitlin circuit. 
to me, that's that's that was our chitlin circuit. So we hanging out, you know, of course, everybody's smoking weed. Uh, it's probably it's one of the reasons why I don't smoke weed now. But, you know, everybody's smoking weed. We all having a good time. We talking. Uh, and I tell you the other reason why I don't smoke weed about the story that happened at UB one day. But um, either way, we, we 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 hanging out, you know, we getting ready to go on stage. And, and when I say it was like a fucking Wu-Tang video, you know, everybody in the audience are MCs with backpacks or DJs and people ready to set up and ready to go to bars, just popping. Everybody having a great time. They drinking bottles. Nobody fucking with each other. Everybody blowing trees. It's all up in the air. Um, and then when that group comes down, the next group go up and it take like 10 minutes for the DJ to get set up. Everybody do a mic check and then the next concert is on. I mean, that's what it was like. It was so to the point where even when the breakers came in, they would clear out a circle, throw down a box, open the box and then break dance on the box. So you would hear the MC. You got the DJ, not just only DJ in the track that the MCs are spitting over, but mixing. Right. And then you look in the pit and you will see breakdancers breaking. So it was perfect for me. Right. I couldn't describe it any better. It was it was hip hop. Right. So uh, we go down there and we're doing all this stuff in Ohio. Uh, and it was like a Friday. It was a Thursday, I think we left. And we got down, we met everybody. It was a Friday, we hanging out and we spitting. It was a Saturday, we hanging out and we spitting and everybody enjoying the time, you know, partying, um, breakdancing the whole night. It was a Sunday, everybody spitting and merchandise is out there and people selling. And you know what I'm saying? It was like four or five cars that we drove down in. Uh, Monday, you know, we, we, on our way back, we get up, we leave and, and you know, we're on our way back. Uh, we get back that Monday and, um, everything just went to shit with my relationship. Now this girl and I have been dealing for probably six months, seven months. I, I can't even remember. You know, that's vague right now, but we've been, we was dealing for a while. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm again feeling her, but I'm tired of shit. So Monday through that Thursday, I had still been working, you know, on one portion of my company trying to get the uh, nonprofit side together, which was the arts. Right. Because I was just putting artists in play. We wasn't charging anybody at the time. Um, and and at the time, uh, one of the local magistrates was like, yo, uh, you know, you got to get your shit together, get your, your 50C3 and get, you know, blah, 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 blah. So that you could be legit, so I could pay you legit, right? And you don't have to just do these things. You could pay your, your staff and stuff. So, you know, he sold me on a dream, and I was down for it. Uh, so I'm working on that throughout the week. I'm also working on, you know, with this record company, you know, trying to get some CDs pressed and get this record label going with them. Um, and then also trying to make sure that this modeling thing is jumping off at the same time, working with my partners with modeling and stuff. So trying to fuse all this shit together at the same time. So it was a lot. It was a big week, right? So um, that Thursday, that entire week, actually, I hadn't spoken to her, right? It wasn't like I could pick up my cell phone immediately and talk to her at that time, right? So it bothered her. And and I could understand, but, you know, when I was going that hard, I was going hard. I was deeply in it, right? Even though I hadn't met her, as I was doing it, she knew that this is who I was, right? And this is what I was trying to do because I had explained it to her. So I had assumed she was cool. I had never had a conversation with her. So either way, uh, we come back from Ohio after this event. Uh, and uh, I mean, the event was successful, right? I think we sold out all the CDs. You know, we came back with a gang of money. Uh, I still ain't seen none of that money to this day because that wasn't what I was in it for. You know, we was going to press the CDs. We was going to jump their record label off. You know, we was all in it. You know, a handshake and everything was love. You know, I'd get it out to the local DJs, the local music stations, radio stations, so forth and so on. It was all love. Uh, so either way, I, you know, I come back and I get with her like, yo, hey, I'm trying to see you. What's going on? I call her uh, and she's like, yo, I moved out of my house. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, man, my mom didn't get along. You know, so I moved out of my house and I needed a place to stay uh, and the place she stayed at. I'm not going to shout out again, but she stayed at this place, this hotel for people who didn't have a place to stay. Uh, so I was like, all right. So, you know, well, I'm going to drop these people off and then I come through and see you. 
you know, because we just roll back into town. I want to see what's up. So, um, you know, I didn't think she was mad or nothing when I when I did that. So I, I get back into town. I roll up on her uh, and she come out the hotel. Uh, and and, you know, she she looking good as shit. And I'm like, oh, great. But I'm tired in the motherfucker because it's been a long ass week and then an extra long ass weekend with all the driving and shit. Uh, so she get in the passenger side. Uh, and I was like, hey, at the time I had a stick shift. Uh, so I was like, hey, you know, I put the stick shift in neutral, um, turned the car off, grabbed a brake. And, you know, I'm sitting there like, hey, you know, how you doing? What's going on? Uh, and she's, you know, starting to tell me what's going on with her and her mom and all the other shit. And I'm listening. I'm like, yeah, that's fucked up. You know, I'm sorry you're going through this. And, you know, what's up? And she's hinting towards like she want to live with me. And I'm like, I. At the time, I lived above a um, um, a fast food joint on Elmwood, near Elmwood and Utica. I'm going to say that much. Um, so I was living above that. Um, and my homegirl, who I went to college with, um, lived behind me. Like, I was in one apartment. She was in an apartment behind me at the time. Um, and that's another story for another day because she's cool as shit. But we'll get to that. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay. I live there. I don't have much space. It's like a, a studio apartment. I can't, you know, you can't move in. And, you know, she goes into this, you know, I, I thought you loved me, you know, and I was like, I do, but you know, we just met. It ain't been a year. I didn't tell you to kind of do what you did with your mom. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, maybe I'm not even thinking straight. I'm, I'm, you know, go back upstairs. I'm gonna go home and then we'll talk later. And she was like, no. And I sat there and I was just like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm going to talk to you later. I, I'm I'm tired. You know, I just got back into town and, you know, we've been traveling. And, and she was like, nah, fuck that. You ain't been traveling. You fucking some other bitch. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? So I go to look, you know, to my right and I look at her. And the fact that she was looking good wasn't even in my mind. I was just like, yo, you crazy. Just go upstairs. You know, I, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a go right around the corner, up four blocks park my, my car in the backyard, go to my, my spot and go to sleep because I'm tired, right? I've been doing this shit all week plus a hard-ass extra weekend. And she's like, you ain't going nowhere. You coming upstairs. And I was like, I'm not coming upstairs. You know, I'm not trying to do nothing. At this time, you know, I'm not even thinking that she's trying to fuck. I'm just like, yo, I'm not going upstairs. I want to go get in my own bed. You know, it's been a long, long-ass fucking weekend. Right. And she looks at me. She, she's, you know, she's on my right side. She look at me. She looking to the left and she's like, yo, like, now nah, you ain't going nowhere. And I was like, yo, what are you talking about? She's like, I left home for you. So I glanced at her again and I'm like, yo, what the fuck are you talking about? You left home for me. So I look up in my rear view mirror and, you know, I'm seeing cars drive by and shit, you know, on Elmwood. They're driving by You know, I see a cop car drive by uh, and I'm like, yo, hurry up. And I, I pulled over. I don't want the cops to kind of like pull me over or whatever and, and fuck with me. You know, they driving by me on the left, you know, going around me. And I'm thinking they circling the block, you know, and she's sitting there telling me the story about her and her mom and how she meant for us to be together. And, you know, I'm listening and I'm like, yeah, that's great, but I'm just tired. I just want to go home. I don't want to do nothing. Right. Of course, at the time, I wasn't smart enough to be like, yo, just come home with me. I, I, I didn't even think about that. Because, you know, I thought she was trying to go upstairs so we could have sex. And I wasn't even trying to have sex. That's how tired, you know, I was from the week of working and the week of working on my own company and the week end of working on this music stuff with, you know, these artists and stuff. Uh, and, and I was just thinking that way. So I was just like, yo, just go upstairs. You know, I'm going to go and I'll be back. And she ain't hear it. Right. She was like, so. So you trying to tell me you don't love me? And I was like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to tell you, go upstairs and I'll come back for you later. I just want to go take a nap. I want to lay down for a little bit. Oh, you got a bitch in your house, she said. So I look at her again. And then I look in my rearview mirror. And I'm like, yo, you got to go, right? Like, you you got to go. I'm sorry, but you got to go. So then, you know, I glanced to the, to the right. And I was like, yo, I'm, I'm sorry. And wham! She just straight up punched me with a left hand right to my right jaw. Like, wham! And I was like, what the fuck? Right. So I just stopped talking immediately. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking in my rearview mirror 
I'm looking in my left side view mirror and I'm like, yo, where the fucking cops at? Ain't nobody out at this time, right? It's fucking sunny. Beautiful fucking day. I got the windows rolled down. I'm chilling, right? Bumping whatever music we had going at the time. And this bitch just punched me in my motherfucking face. So I took my right hand and put that shit on the steering wheel, on the top of the steering wheel. I took my left hand and I put that shit on the top of the steering wheel. And I'm grabbing that steering wheel so fucking hard. Like, I want to break the steering wheel, right? Because if I don't break the steering wheel, I'm going to do something else, right? And she was like, I ain't going nowhere, right? Like pointing her finger in my face, right? She got her left finger in my face, touching my jaw that she just hit, you know, pushing my head over. And I'm like, yo, chill. What the fuck is wrong with you? At this time, I started crying. I'm like, yo, just leave. Please just leave, right? And I'm grabbing a steering wheel so hard, you know, and in my mind, I just reached over and just just pushed her ass out the car and drove off. And I'm like, yo, just fucking leave. Right. A few minutes. She's like, nah, you coming upstairs. And I'm like, nah, I'm not. I can't go. I'm trying to tell you I'm tired. Uh, You know, I'm trying to go home. You know, it's a long week. I'm trying to explain myself, trying to tell her what the fuck happened since Thursday. You know, I ain't fucking with nobody. What's going on? And I'm inside of me hearing me say the shit that I'm saying to her. And the inside of me is like, why the fuck is you telling her the shit when she just punched you in your face, right? Like, and you crying. Like, I'm sitting here holding that steering wheel so fucking tight, grabbing it, pulling it, trying to just rip that shit off. Just, and I was just like, all right, you know, whatever. And then she reached out and hit me again. Wham! Take your ass upstairs. And I was like, yo, this motherfucker is crazy. So I closed my eyes. I grabbed that steering wheel. And then I released it because my hands are sweaty. I'm holding on the steering wheel. And then I just let it go, like not fully released it, but like let it go a little bit. And I'm just sitting there and I'm praying and I'm like, oh, my God. And then this thought comes in my head. Just grab her fucking head by the back of her head and ram her fucking head into the dashboard six times. Kick her ass out the car and keep it moving. And I kept saying to myself, no, I can't do it. And I knew that was the dark side trying to tell me, just grab her by her fucking head, slam her head into the fucking dashboard six times, kick her out the car and keep it moving. And I was like, no, I can't do it. Right. Like I can't. And I'm crying and I'm like frantic and shit. And my hands is like on the steering wheel. And I'm trying not to grip it because I don't want to I don't want to seize that darkness, that pain, you know, that frustration that I have been having my entire life. So I'm just like, nah, I can't do it. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking about it, though. I'm like seriously thinking about like letting go fully of the steering wheel and and, and bashing her fucking head in on the dashboard because she done hit me twice now. So I stopped. And I was like, yo, fuck it. I looked out the window to my left. I looked out the window to my front. I turned around. I looked out the back window. I looked at the fucking rear view mirror. I looked at my side view mirror. And I looked at her side view mirror. I was looking for anybody. Please, somebody help me. Right? Didn't say it. Windows down. Music's off. Cars off. Right? I'm sitting there. Keys in ignition brakes pulled and i'm sitting there like please anybody no fucking bodies around right no cars are coming down the street fucking cop cars not even 10 minutes ago going down the street not even going right i'm thinking they circling they're not even circling so i'm like i'm gonna wait till the fucking cop car come then i'm gonna discharge my door jump out in front of the cop car and tell them that she just punched me in my face a couple times Cause I made a promise to myself when I was a kid that I would never go to jail. Right. And what I was thinking about doing to this chick after she did what she did to me was going to land me in jail. Right. Cause a black man in America can't tell a truthful story, even if it's true. So I was like, I'm going to just take this opportunity to not even put my hands on her and leave her DNA on me. Right. I'm thinking this whole thing through while she's just sitting there still talking to me. And I'm ignoring her. I'm going to take a whole nother space, right? Lord, help me. So I'm I'm literally like, okay. And after, you know, 
like it's got to be three long ass four long ass minutes i'm like ain't nobody coming ain't nobody gonna help me i gotta help myself so i started to figure out what the fuck i'm gonna do and at this time she is in full fucking crazy mode like really pushing my head like fuck you you fucking some other bitch you doing this i was like why you know why i gotta be fucking some other bitch i'm trying to tell you trying to take you to my house you know come to my house let's let's go right you come with me now then and she was like, you ain't want that shit before. You spent the whole weekend with some other bitch. You doing this. You doing that. I was like, yo, just just come come with me now, right? And she was like, nah, I ain't fucking coming. And I was like, all right, listen. So here's, here's the deal, right? I'm going to get out my fucking car. I'm going to walk up the street because I live at the end of the corner, three blocks up. I'm going to just go do that, right? You keep the fucking car at this point. So... I was like, I'm going to take the keys. I'm going to shut it off. You do whatever you want. I'm going to just bounce, right? She was like, you ain't fucking going nowhere. So I'm sitting there saying, yo, I, I don't know what else to do, right? So I was like, I, I, all right, hold up. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. You want to go into your apartment? Let's go into your apartment because anywhere right now is better than going to fucking jail. So she was like, okay, all right, let's do this, right? So she grabbed the door, opened the door. I grab my door, I open my door, right? She gets out, she walks around the right side of the car, comes around the hood, and starts to walk across the street. Goes across the street, right? I open the door, close the door, I'm on my way, getting ready to get to the curb. I see her get ready to climb the stairs. Don't you know this nigga ran back to his car, dived in through the motherfucking window because I left that bitch open, jumped in the fucking car, and by the time I was ready to put the key in the fucking exhaust or ignition, this bitch was in the fucking window that I just jumped in. How about that shit? Like, I was fucking mad as hell. Like, oh, my God, what the fuck is going on? I'm looking like where the fucking cops at because I'm definitely about to go to jail right now. Where the fucking cops at? Right. So I go to put my foot on the fucking clutch because anybody that knows you got to put your foot on the clutch to turn the fucking car on i put my clutch my foot on the clutch turn the fucking car on and all i could think about was taking my foot off the clutch and letting this shit buck you know back and forth back and forth while she's fucking hanging out of the driver's side window like fucking her ribs up so she would maybe fall right and then i could just speed off and we all good right but of course that shit didn't happen because i'm not that kind of person so i'm sitting there like this bitch done jumped in the fucking car is grabbing all over me i'm trying to turn this fucking car on got my foot on the clutch ready to put my motherfucking hand on the stick shift and throw this shit in the first gear and let this shit buck and ain't nobody around to fucking see the shit. So I turned the fucking car off because I ain't want to fuck her up. And I was like, good. All right, stop, stop, stop. And of course, wham, she hit me again. She elbowing me. She's trying to scratch me. I'm trying to fucking knock her hands down and shit. And I'm like, yo, chill, chill the fuck, right? I'm screaming and crying at this time. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Please stop, right? And she's like, nah, fuck you, fuck you. And she's like hanging out of the fucking window, ass hanging out of the fucking window legs kicking out of the fucking window while she all up in my face like elbowing me in my throat and my neck and shit like fucking elbowing me in my chest and i'm just like crying and shit and it's like the worst fucking thing that i've ever experienced in my life and i was like yo 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 stop stop so i took the fucking keys out and i was like i'm not going anywhere and I sat back and I was like, get out of the window. And she was like, no, nah, I'm not going to get out of the window because as soon as I do that, you're going to pull off. And I was like, listen, I would have to put my key in the ignition, put my foot on the clutch, put the car in gear, take the brake off and then pull off. And in that amount of time, you could fuck me up and jump back in the window. So what I'm going to do is I got the key out right now. I'm going to just open the door. I need you to get out of the door. I'm going to open the door and I'm going to go with you. Right. And she's like, I just don't trust you. And I was like, get out of the fucking, you know. So I put the key in the ignition. I start to roll up the fucking window and she starts screaming. So I was like, get out of the fucking car. Right. So I take the key out of the ignition. She gets out of the fucking because uh, I didn't care about breaking that fucking driver's side glass window. I really didn't. I was about to smush her ass to death. Fuck her and her ribs at that time. Right. So I'm fucking getting ready to turn this fucking car on. I take the key out and she slides out the window. I turn, you know, unlock the fucking door, I 
open the door, I get out and I get and I close the door. Right. And I'm, I'm with her. Like she grabbed my arm and we walking across the street together. And I was like, all right, we're going upstairs. And I was like, matter of fact, I don't want to go upstairs. Let's go to my, my house. Right. Let's go. Right. At this time, I'm starting to think if this is that serious, she probably got some shit set up for me upstairs in her her spot. Right. And I was like, I'm not going for that shit. And I was like, let's just go to my spot. And she was like, well, where you live at? Blah, blah, blah. Let's walk. And I was like, all right. It's right around the corner. Three blocks up. Let's walk. So we go to walk. We cross back across the street in front of my car. And I was like, I want to, you know, roll the windows down. She's like, nah, nah. So I gave her keys. I was like, you roll the windows down. Nobody's a fucking around. How about this? Right? Like, I'm literally looking for people to fucking come save me. And nobody is a fucking around. Like, in the Elmwood area. Right? So she goes and she turns and turns the windows up, right? Give me my keys back and we walk in. And at the time we get to the corner, I fucking push her, turn around, run all the way back to my fucking car, get into the driver's side, turn the fucking car on and just jet the fuck out of there. That's the whole fucking story. I was squared under the Bible. I have never spoken to her since. Never even tried to reach her. Never even wanted to be around her. Nothing. Since. That is exactly the whole fucking story. I'm cold. I'm cold.
All right, thank you for listening to my uh, story. <laughs> if that's what you want to call it, but a part of my life. Um, and the preceding song was uh, Kanye West and Lil Wayne, See You in My Nightmares. And the song preceding the story that started the entire episode off was uh, Alice Coltrane, um, a.k.a. Alice McLeod, uh, August 27th to 1937. or Sorry, August 27th, 1937 to January 12th, 2007. Uh, she was married to John Coltrane and that song is entitled Journey to Sachidanada. Journey to Sachidanada. S A T C H I D A N A N D A. Journey to Sachidanada. Alice Coltrane. Uh look her up. Uh, one of my favorite songs and I hope this episode uh, helped you in some way. If not, you know, it's still a part of my life put down for eternity. Even when I'm not here, it's here. So thank you for tuning in to Neat, Straight Up or On The Rocks, where the question we ask all the time is, how do you like your life? <laughs>